This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC Sports. Brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com, the go-to provider for all your Tar Heel gear. Welcome to the Inside Carolina Coast to Coast podcast. I'm your host, John Siegley. I'm joined, as always, by Sean Moran and Terrell McMillan. We are sponsored by Giant T-Shirt and JohnnyTShirt.com, your place to go for Carolina gear. Guys, I'm glad that we were able to actually have this podcast because we were waiting until Kerwin Walton made his decision, and by about noon on Sunday, I wasn't sure if we were actually going to do the podcast at all this week. Uh, but the news broke earlier today that he did end up selecting the Tar Heels. Let's start there. Sherelle, I'm just going to kind of put you on the spot with this one, man. But can you remember a recruitment that had a crazier 72 hours than what Carolina fans just went through with Kerwin Walton? Yeah, I think from a recruiting standpoint, it definitely seemed like kind of a, a, a wild situation. Uh, but I think in actuality, it was just, you know, a kid taking two extra days to make sure that the college choice he was making was the one that he wanted to make and was the one he felt most comfortable with. Um, I think we're just so used to having, okay, here we go. He's announcing on this day and then the announcement comes and we move on to the next thing. And so when there's anything that deviates from that, it it seems kind of weird. And and it was challenging to uh, try and cover considering, um, you know, the family in general uh, throughout the recruitment hasn't done a ton of interviews and hasn't talked to a ton of people. So you're, you're trying to work on the fringes and, and talk to people who may know them and, and talk to people who might have some insight. Um, so it, it's definitely challenging. Um, and once once it hit about 1 a.m. on Saturday night, we're like, okay, this isn't happening today. And then once it hit about 11 o'clock and Evan Daniels broke that it was going to happen on Monday, then we kind of went to bed. But uh, a lot of staring at the computer screen and the phone, talking to people, um, but ultimately Carolina got um, a player that they really, really needed uh, and someone who can help them out starting next year. Yeah, we'll get into the player breakdown in just a bit. But Sean, let's get your perspective. You know, as you were sitting there Saturday, just throughout the day and then Sunday throughout the day, what were the thoughts going through your mind as far as Walton's recruitment wrapping up? I mean, I guess I started to think that he he might be going with Minnesota. Uh, I think going into the weekend, the general assumption was that he would be committing to Carolina on Saturday. And then as Cheryl mentioned, the day got later and later and all of a sudden he wasn't. So that led me to believe, you know, there's either some second guessing or, you know, maybe a split decision uh, or, or some other things going on. And then when it went through Sunday, you're like, all right, you know, maybe he's, you know, going to hold, hold off a little while longer. So it's good to see uh, when he did announce that it was, was Carolina and adds another, member to the class and uh, you know in terms of additions to the class a guy that can definitely shoot the ball and has proven uh, his ability to shoot in different settings now I think we've all you know talked about his game and how he'll fit as a freshman but I think at the very least uh, will hopefully provide um, you know some good ability down the road whether it's uh, sophomore junior senior year 
All I will say is that I'm going to be very much looking forward to the inside the recruitment scoop uh, whenever Rel and Ben, you guys get around to writing that and posting that on the uh, Inside Carolina Basketball Premium Message Board. It's going to be a very hot topic. But I wanted to turn back to something that Sherelle said. Um, Sean, you, you touched on too a little bit as far as Walton helping out the team, even as a freshman next season, because you know he was rated as the 99th overall player by the 247 Sports Composite. He's a four-star guy. And I think a lot of fans are kind of looking at him as someone that is going to be a multi-year player and probably just realistically have maybe a limited impact as a, as a freshman. But Sherelle, I'd like for you to explain a little bit more why you think he could actually come straight into the team and help out starting with next season. Well, I'll I'll do that. I'll ask you a question uh, with your question. All so right. what was what was North Carolina historically bad at last season? Uh, outside shooting. And what is Kerwin Walton known for? He is a three-point specialist. So to me, that is the simple answer. I don't think it's the only answer, but I think it's the one that Carolina fans should focus on and that I think Roy Williams and, and his conversations with Walton and his family focus on is that there is a glaring need for you in their program. You know, that's that's a direct pitch from Roy Williams to say, look, you know, we weren't a great three-point shooting team last year and we need someone like you to come in and help us there. Now, obviously, with freshmen, they always struggle shooting, not just the Carolina, but almost in general. If you look at the numbers, freshmen just do not shoot well from the outside in college. However, at Carolina, they don't need him to shoot 42% and need him to make 100 threes next season. They just need him to be, you know, I would just say average, considering how much they're going to have on the inside, uh, how many players they can go to to score uh, in the paint. I think they're going to have four guys who they can, you know, could score 10 to 15 points in any any given game. And then they're going to have Caleb Love and RJ Davis in the backcourt who also could give them, you know, 10 to 15 to 20 points on any given game. So really the wings at North Carolina, especially next year, their job is going to be to play a solid defense, to rebound and to knock down open shots. And I think Walton, can definitely do that as a freshman. Again, it won't be at a 40% clip unless he just comes in and really, really plays well, but they don't need him to be at 40%. They just need him to be at 35, 36 and to be competent. And that's what they were missing a ton last year. I mean, because if you look at it um, outside of Robinson and Cole Anthony, there, there wasn't a lot there from three, right? But they still were in so many games where if they just had one more guy who can make a shot from the outside, you know, they probably don't have the record that they ended up with. So I think that's where, Walton can come in and, and earn some minutes. Yeah, outside shooting is by far and away the the aspect of his game that heel fans are most likely to be excited about. And he he showed that that he can shoot at a very high level. Sean, you mentioned that when you were kind of getting into his game. So going to turn it over to you now, when you're looking at Walton, what really intrigues you about him as a prospect? Sure. So in terms of Walton, once again, I, I feel like we've been talking about him for, for a while on, on the podcast in terms of, you know, is he good enough for UNC to offer? And, and initially I kind of would rather they, they passed on him, but as I watched him a little bit more and then kind of felt, you know, realized, you know, what they were recruiting him for started to come around um, to him. And, you know, one thing that pops out to me, is right now I'm just looking at some of his uh, summer league Adidas AU stats. And granted, you know, take these with a grain of salt, but he rated uh, in the 93rd percentile in terms of points per possession in Adidas. And he's in the 99th percentile in terms of spot up shooting. Um, so right there, he is going to be able to hopefully come off the bench 
and shoot the ball. I think the athleticism is going to be something that, uh, you know, that's been his, his weakness and the thing that everybody's talked about. And obviously when you go to ACC, that'll be a big adjustment, especially, you know, maybe more of a, you know, big Ten coming from the big 10 area, but the other things, um, you know, he was pretty strong in transition and actually rated in the 93rd percentile in pick and roll ball handling. So, you know, I, I don't think he's going to be playing ISO ball and, and taking people to the rim, but I think uh, he could be a guy that fits well into a, a team system. And once again, he does have good size and you take somebody that's a 99th recruit and whether that you're at UNC or a school like Wake Forest, I'd say more often than not, you know, they're not going to really produce a, a lot for the team, um, you know, whether it's a transfer or other things. But with him being the sixth recruit, it's a chance that UNC can take. Um, there's also a little bit more of freedom in terms of the, the scholarships that have developed over the last few weeks. So once again, I think it was a risk worth taking. And at the very least, it provides a guy that can that can shoot from the outside and has a size to, I'd say, guard two positions on defense. Yeah, looking into the future a little bit at, as far as what his career may look like at Carolina, I mean, Sherelle, do you really see Walton as being the type of player that blossoms as he does hit that sophomore and junior and senior seasons? And we've seen that happen with a lot of guys that are those four-star recruits that Roy Williams has time to really develop. I mean, it could. I think that's that's an unknown at the moment. I don't. I don't mean to take the easy way out, but you know, maybe. Um, I think a lot. A lot of it will have to do with one when he's able to get on campus, because you know we all keep talking around it, but we just don't know what the fall is going to look like and what the basketball season is going to look like. So, potentially missing not only the summer, um, which he normally would have in Chapel Hill to kind of get used to college life. And, and this goes for all the freshmen to get used to college life, to get used to the weight and conditioning, to get used to the running, to play pickup, missing all of that, um, you know, will put people behind some degree. And then if they're not able to start practice like they're supposed to in late September, then, you know, we're not sure. Um, <clears throat> so all that can go into whether or not he can come in and play as a freshman. And I think that will impact kind of where he's at as a sophomore and so on and so forth. Um, so I think you have to, you have to consider that stuff just that we don't know what's going to happen with the coronavirus pandemic. Uh, after that, I think it's a matter of how hard he works and, and, um, whether or not he gains Roy Williams' trust. We always talk about the currency in which Roy operates his trust and can he do that, um, by making shots and playing defense, you know, we'll, we'll see. All right, guys, let me go ahead and take a very quick commercial break to talk about our friends at John T-Shirt and JohnT-Shirt.com. They are your place to go for Carolina gear. You can shop online right now at JohnT-Shirt.com and enjoy their awesome selection. They have a bunch of sales going on right now. They have the Jordan brand stuff that is being marked down in lieu with the awesome Jordan documentary that I hope a lot of people are watching. I know Heels fans are probably keeping a very close eye on that one. They also have jersey sales going on right now at Giant T-Shirt. So if you're looking for a local business to, a business to support during these tough times, definitely want to encourage you to shop at Giant T-Shirt. They have been an absolute icon there on Franklin Street for decades. They have everything that you can want for the Tar Heel fan in your family. We talk about them constantly on Inside Carolina because they really are the best place to get your UNC gear. So that's Giant T-Shirt and GiantT-Shirt.com, your place to go for Carolina apparel. All right, Sean, let's talk about how Walton fits in with this class, because you mentioned that being the sixth man in the class, that the pressure is really not going to be on him. And I think that's something that really could help develop him, especially early on that he's able to kind of slide into the team. Now, Trell brought up, of course, the aspect of we don't know when these guys are going to be on campus, but 
for those of, of that may not have heard us talk about how one could, could potentially fit into the class in previous podcasts, go ahead and give us your thoughts about that for the listeners today. Sure. So in terms of, of how he fits in, once again, I think initially when they recruited Pub Johnson, it was to come in and, and offer some outside shooting. And here's just now another option for that. I think, you know, looking at next year, you have two freshmen that are going to have to play a large majority of the minutes at the two guard spots. Uh, you could see, you know, Playtech coming off the bench or Leaky uh, sliding over from the wing position. But, uh, you know, if you have those two playing the majority of minutes, then you're going to go over to the wing where really it was pretty much Leaky and, and Playtech. And now you at least have some, some depth. So one, if somebody gets hurt, or two, if, uh, you know, if somebody's not performing, Roy at least has a few options to go to. And, and maybe it's not 25 minutes a game, but maybe it's coming off the bench and, and hitting a few shots or making a few plays. And now you just have more playable players, which I don't think can be, be understated, especially this past year when sometimes it was only going, you know, really seven, six, seven deep. Um, and, and you didn't really have anything to turn to after people got in foul trouble. So I can see it being kind of a, you know, definitely, well, especially if it doesn't start till December or January, then you could kind of most likely kiss a lot of uh, Walton's productivity goodbye. But for some reason, if the season starts on time, I could see him, you know, slowly getting his legs under him. Uh, but once again, you know, really as a 99th, 100th prospect, there shouldn't be high expectations in the first year. I was just looking up who was the 99th player in uh, last year's recruiting class. And it was a guy, uh, Khalif Battle, who averaged three points for Butler. So once again, you know, I think expectations are in line and, and that's always a good thing. All right, let's get your final thoughts on Walton Shirell and go ahead and touch on how you think he's going to merge in with the five other guys that are coming in with this 2020 recruiting class. And also just whatever final thoughts you want to leave with the Carolina fans about Kerwin. I think the way he fits in is he's he's he complements everything that the other five players do well in that they are all uh, I don't want to call them offensively minded but they're all offensively skilled in in different ways. Dayron Sharp, for example, is one of the better offensive rebounders we, we've ever seen in the high school game. Just speaking, when I say we, I mean like me and Ben in the inside Carolina staff. Uh, Walker Kessler is so skilled to be so tall and and so big, so that he has that you know his range out to the three point line. Um, really good footwork, really good hands. Bob Johnson is a really good shooter who's kind of uh, becoming a more all-around player. Caleb Love and R.J. Davis are guards who can both score, uh, who can both handle point guard roles. Um, so there and there. And then you have Walton, who is a, a three-point you know, three specialist right now and is developing into, into much more. So I think the theme of the class shows what the weaknesses of North Carolina was the last couple of years, which was really scoring. Um, you know, after they lost that large group with Kobe and Nasir and Kenny Williams and Luke May and Cam Johnson, you knew there was going to be some drop-off in scoring. We didn't know it was going to be kind of a historic low because um, they were at times as bad as any offensive team North Carolina's ever had last season. And you can see in the recruiting, the goal was to mitigate that by having people who could come in and who could score. Now, they're going to have to do a lot much more when they get to college, but I think you see what Williams was looking for. You see um, kind of um, their goal in the class was offensive firepower, wherever they could get it. And they wanted, you know, if it if they took five guys, great. If they took six, great. Um, you Very rarely do you see a six-man class. So it just tells you um, they weren't happy about the results from last season. They weren't happy with kind of the way things turned out 
and they wanted to make sure that it doesn't happen again. And that's why you have um, one of the better classes that you know Williams has ever recruited. All right, guys, let's go ahead and switch gears a little bit. And let's talk about the recent offer that just went out tonight. Actually, we are recording on Monday and that offer went out to Hun- Hunter Salas, a combo guard currently ranked as a four star kid in the class of 2021. Now, he was not really on my radar at all as a player that I thought UNC was going to be looking at. So I'm going to have to do some research in him, and watch some of his tape. But just as we hear that the offer did officially go out tonight, let's do a really quick profile on him. So, Sean, let's start with you. What do you know about Hunter Salas that that you can share with the Inside Carolina podcast listeners? Sure. Well, I I think uh, Sherelle had highlighted him a little earlier, or probably a few months ago, actually, in terms of what players in the 2021 class would UNC be looking at. And I know he's a favorite of Ben Sherman. So uh, obviously high projection, high praise right there. But in terms of, of Hunter, he played at the USA basketball developmental camp back in October, um, played on the Adidas AU circuit and played high school basketball in Nebraska. I don't know the, the last, you know, I don't really know any Nebraska players that we've talked about on this podcast, although there have been some Iowa players that UNC has had good success with. Um, but in terms of Hunter, uh, listed at 6'3", combo guard, rated around, I think, the 29th or 30th prospect, depending on the ranking. Uh, to me, that I, I would have expected him to probably have, have risen up if he was in the midst of, of playing AAU. I think the first thing that jumps out when you're watching his highlights is, is his athleticism. Uh, you can definitely get up. It does look like a true combo guard in, in terms of somebody, and maybe more of a shooting guard, actually, but he can handle the ball, um, he can shoot it, and really athletic off the bounce. So I think it's a, a really good offer. Uh, right now, Kansas is in the mix and Gonzaga, as well as some of the local, uh, other local schools. But I would expect more schools to uh, to kind of jump in the fray with him. But once again, this was, I'd say, one of the first offers of, of the UNC staff that you know didn't really get to evaluate him during the, the springtime. So uh, I can't. I guess it did come as a surprise of when it happened, but I'm glad it did happen now, just because I think he's he's pretty talented, and even as a four star number thirty, I think he definitely is is a little higher than that. What about you, Sherelle? Were you surprised about the offer itself, or maybe the timing of the offer? What was going through your mind when when you got the word that Salas was officially offered by Coach Williams tonight? Um, a, a little surprised and. Um, not because he got an offer, um, just the whole situation, like we said, with the coronavirus pandemic is just really off and it's changed the way that everyone has to do things. So, uh, in a normal period or a normal time, the second live period from April would have just ended. And so everybody would have been home and he would have probably been on offer watch anyway. So the timing, you know, isn't that much different from what it would have been. It's just that Roy Williams didn't get to do his in-person evaluation that he would have, you know, loves to do. Um, so that to me is just shows a little bit of a tweak. Um, and, uh, somebody posted it's a sign of the times that we're in and that they're not going to be able to watch these guys. I don't think, you know, right now, Roy Williams said himself that he thinks, uh, summer ball is done through June. So the only other option they have is July, unless the NTA uh, decides to add a couple weekends in July or early August, but, um, they're going to have to maybe, go out a little bit out on a limb just by watching uh, video and, and highlights and everything and doing <clears throat> additional background with high school coaches and AU coaches and people they know in the region. Um, so to me, that's why it was a little surprising. Not that the offer itself happened, just that 
we're kind of at that point where, you know, it's more of a realization that they're going to have to to do it this way. Not because it's not that he's not a good player or that he's not worthy of a Carolina offer. It's just that we're so used to North Carolina doing things a certain way and, and um, a certain regimen that they have that when they go off of it, it's a little, I don't want to say jarring, but just a little surprising. Yeah, and for, for Hunter, I mean, I think a lot of the coaches, you know, pretty much every coach uses Synergy. And with that, uh, you have access to all types of games and clips, et cetera. And luckily, a lot of the AU, uh, Nike, Adidas, Under Armour have all started using Synergy really over the last year. So it serves as a good resource for coaches to pull up games, pull up clips, et cetera. Uh, when I went to pull up Hunter, there was not really any information on him. So I think, you know, the fact that UNC was able to do their due diligence through most likely high school games um, and, you know, kind of evaluate him that way, uh, I think will be kind of a trend going forward because without, without any AAU this year, that'll uh, kind of ruin that ability to watch additional tape uh, going forward for uh, college coaching staffs. Yeah, I think that's a very good point that, that you guys both hit on there as far as just how the recruiting landscape is going to be changing. I definitely think there's going to be an emphasis on you know coaches and scouts just getting footage of guys and sending those in to the coaches. You're probably going to see a lot, maybe more of those private workouts, um, closed gyms, things like that. Uh, whether or not the, there's a whole lot of value in those, we'll just have to see. Um, but it will be definitely interesting to to just observe how coaches like coach Williams who have a system like Sherelle said, how they adapt and how they do their recruiting moving forward. Guys, we'll go ahead and wrap this one up though. Want to make this one just kind of a quick hitter podcast, get in some thoughts on Kermit Walton, some thoughts on, on Hunter Salas, but we will be back probably the week after this with another coast to coast podcast, unless there's some breaking news that we can't foresee, but until then, hope that you guys have a good rest of your week and we'll talk again soon. Thanks for listening to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com. Brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com. Where to go for your next Tar Heel gear purchase. What's up, y'all? This is four-time NBA champ Andre Iguodala. Yo, and this is his best friend, the Ohio State legend, Evan Marcel Turner I. Every Wednesday, we drop a new episode on our show, Point Four. We're talking basketball, business, and all the culture in between. From locker room stories to some basketball analysis from those who've been in the game. Now, it is a do-bet. Do average 29 and 11. God, shit. What'd it take to be an all-star? A win. Subscribe to Point Four, the podcast, so you don't miss a thing.